Welcome to My Dad's Stories. Uh, we're here for another episode talking with my dad. Can you believe that it's already episode eight? No, I can't. <laughs> it's going by fast. It is. Yeah. What do we have for today? <laughs> well, today I kind of wanted to ask you about uh, your portrait studio. So I remember hearing lots of stories about this when I was young, but uh, I don't have any memories of the portrait studio, and I know it was pretty important to you. So first of all, can you tell me how you got into photography in the first place? Yeah. Uh, let's just call this segment Chapter 1, Portrait Studio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I have a lot of stories that lead off of this, like a big tree. A lot of memories. Um, yes. I got involved in the photography business because I got a job working for a camera shop out of our local mall. Okay. And, and uh, in the camera shop, the owner was a, a gentleman who had taught um, photography for over 20 years. Wow. So he had lots of experience and he was really helpful and wanting to teach us everything about photography and the equipment that was there. He had us literally take home equipment to experiment with, to learn how to use it so we could better become better salesmen to the people coming into the store. Wow. However, for me, I was kind of like um, temporary help for the winter Christmas season. So I got started like early November. So by mid-November, I just didn't take up making sales really quick. And I was studying everything. And um, he had come to me and told me, he says, well, he's trying to decide whether he wanted to keep me on or not. Because I wasn't doing that much in sales. Right. You know, okay. I was helping with the photo photography um, people bring their film in, checking their film, and yeah. a lot of auxiliary stuff. Whereas the other salesmen were really focusing on bigger commissionable items, so they were constantly pushing large cameras and you know other things. And then as we got closer to Christmas, we were having a well, lot. Wait a minute. What, what? Why did he? De why did he decide to keep you on? Well. He, he just – he said that, that um, because it was too late in the season for him to actually get extra help, he was just going to extend me another two weeks. If I didn't have anything going on by December 1st or so, then he was he was going to just kind of prorate me, see how I was doing. Wow. Okay. And so – Putting on the pressure. The, yeah. As the next two weeks came by, I knew I had to find something that I could work with in my genre of understanding – to help with uh, the, the customers that were coming in. Okay. And quite honestly, the bulk of the customers coming in were men looking for something for their wives for Christmas. Oh, like gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That really started coming big as around uh, getting closer to December yeah. 1. So I had really spent a lot of time with the smaller 35-millimeter cameras, the type you put in the purses and that easy carry stuff. Okay. Lightweight ones. Yeah. And so um, when people came in, 
And I and they started talking about small cameras. The other salesman just kind of <laughs> went the other way. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I grabbed them. I launched them, grabbed them, said, hey, what can I do for you? And uh, they start telling me the story about their wives and all this. And I started out, well, here's a very simplistic camera here. I show it to them. And easy point shoot type thing. It's a popular item that women would carry. You know, I like to use this quick grab shoot type thing. Then I would kind of play with their egos a little bit. Men are very much that way, you know. I'd say, well, now, this is, you know, $100. If you've got the ability to do the next step, this next one has, like, auto-focusing. Uh, it costs a little bit more. Then if you if you're able, if you like that idea, just take a look at this next one. And I'd work them up the stairs, up the ladders. Until yeah. finally, finally they said, ah, no, no, that's too complicated. <laughs> but I can still afford that. <laughs> you know, right. I had people actually kind of get mad. What do you mean I can't afford that? I can afford that. <laughs> I, said, I said, well, if I was your yeah. wife, I'd want that one. <laughs> wow. And I was having fun with this stuff, you know. That says a little uh, like old school manipulation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they're, it's the basics of manipulation right there. Right. And, and they're in the mode of wanting to show their you know they want to impress people impress yeah they don't want to look right yeah and so anyway i started selling these little cameras left and right i mean i was selling i was grabbing sometimes i get the last one i grab it and hold it in my hand so the salesman couldn't get their hand on it (laughs) literally and they'd be looking around for a camera i said i thought we had another one (laughs) oh it's gone already oh my gosh (laughs) Next customer come oh. in and say, I got a deal for you. That's that's dirty, Dad. <laughs> well, it was getting pretty cutthroat. It's called work or no yeah. work. <laughs> and anyway, as Christmas rolled around, our owners, they were just sweet, sweet couple. And yeah, I really worked with this gentleman, the older gentleman. He was telling me, he taught me so much in such a short period of time. I actually ended up working like nine months with him. And I felt like I'd gone to school for a long time. But um, in that Christmas season, when we got right close to Christmas as things were dying off, he took us all out for dinner. Went to a nice restaurant. Like, how how big was this camera store? How many people were there? Um, I think it was like six of us that worked there. Wow. Because we had a lot. We were in the mall hours. We covered a lot of shifts. And during the during okay. uh, Christmas season, we had three or four people in there. One yeah. being films, wow. orders, all kinds of things. You know, we had a lot of activity. Okay, so what happened at this dinner? Well, he then showed off uh, records of sales. And, uh, yeah, a couple of guys had the record of the largest item sales, you know, and they got some commission for it type thing. But he said, in the short two weeks before Christmas, we had one person sold out more than anybody else here. And uniquely, he sold it with the, le- <laughs> the cheapest items we had in the store. And that was Perry. And he was selling those those smaller cameras like hotcakes. And you guys weren't even paying attention because you were wanting to sell all those cameras, big cameras to the you know other people. But he was yeah. selling right out from underneath you. And wow. I like, oh, I, wow, I felt so honored. Because <laughs> you knew what the customers wanted. Well, I was just selling everything I can to keep going. <laughs> and then he decided Survival to keep me mode. on. Yeah, he kept me on, hmm. and um, and so the next following months things slowed down, of course. But he was teaching us all things uh, photography, 
uh, negatives. Right. How to how to look at negatives. I could, I someone could bring me their camera and show me the pictures, and I could tell them what was wrong with their camera. I could break it down for them what was going on inside their camera, that kind of stuff. I mean, he taught us a lot, and um, and he talked about having he had at one time he had a studio of his own and uh, how that went and whatnot. And in this process, I met this lady. Who worked out of, well, I met two people. One was a retired fireman. He came in, and I'll talk about him first. He's a big old guy. He came in, and he liked doing his own, you know, he was a, um, a photographer. He did pictures on the side as a hobby, you know. He um, liked doing wildlife pictures, barns, and stuff like that. that was his favorite. And um, one day he brought me this. He we printed up this big 30 by uh, 20 inch picture. It was a nice big picture. He had it framed and everything like that. And he looked at the thing. And he says, "What do you think about this picture?" And I'm looking at. It, I said, "That's a real nice picture." Um, but um, hmm. He goes, "What do you mean, huh?" I said, "What do you think that thing is up in the sky?" He says, "Well, it looks like a bird to me." Uh, mm hmm. What about this little line that goes all the way behind it, all the way off the, the page there like that? He looked at it and says, are you kidding me? I said, no. He said, that's a scratch with a divot in the film. There was a scratch in the film, the whole length of the picture that he just blowed up. that he couldn't yeah. even see through looking at the negative or any of the smaller pictures. He said, I never noticed that. Wow. I said, I said, oh, I'm sorry. He says, Oh, I wish you had never showed me that because now every time I look at this beautiful picture, that's what I want to see. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm sorry. Yeah. I had gotten where I had such a critical eye that I would see things beyond the picture. I actually was yeah. looking for the flaws, the scratches, and all the that. The details. He became a really good friend, and he really knew um, camera equipment and photography, uh, portraiture, and that kind of stuff. But so he did it as a hobby. Okay, so now comes this other lady who works at the Sears Photography Store Studio down to the other end of the mall. She is extremely popular. She's shooting hundreds of families of pictures, of babies' pictures, and she's just she's just you know very dynamic, happy, cheery, and she just makes everybody smile, laugh. But in the studio that she worked with, everything's set. She has no camera control, no lighting control. Everything's just a stage. All she does is laugh, smile, push the button kind of thing. And she wow. really wanted to be more of a photographer. She bought be more some, creative. Yeah, she bought some of her own equipment. And she was looking for a way out that she could uh, work freelance or work on her own. Uh, she was willing to leave Sears, you know, uh, to get out on her own. She really wanted to work on locations and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. At the end of my nine months of working this the store, the landlords, our owners, was selling their business and getting ready to move out because they were going wow. to retire. Okay. So you just snuck right in <laughs> at the last minute. I really would like to have the money to have bought the store, but I was still too young. Right. And I didn't have financial backing. But however, with uh, long discussions talking with um, Connie and this guy, the photographer, and my friend Chuck, um, he was telling me if I had a little bit of money, he could help me put a studio together. He knew where to buy the equipment and where to buy wholesale and all that stuff. 
Yeah, he helped get my mind thinking about working for myself, owning my own business, my own portrait studio, that kind of thing. Yeah, he was encouraging you? Yeah, so seeds were planted. And I that time I worked with my other, my boss, the photography teaching he taught me, I just felt like I knew tons of information. I uh-huh. knew a lot. And uh, I wanted to grow. And anyway, so... My grandmother at the time, she at the loved, time. yeah at that time, she <laughs> told she grandmothers? no same grandma but she okay. was really encouraged me, and she invested uh, like ten thousand dollars with me to try to uh, do something. That's a it. lot of money. So what I did, I went to uh, a bank banker. They gave me. She backed me up, basically. They gave me a line of money. Uh, Do you remember 10, how old you were? Mm, wow. I would have been about <laughs> 22, 21, 21. Wow. Yeah, about 21. Yeah, that is young. You have a lot of energy when you're 21. Yeah. A lot no, of optimism. No. Now, let me think. Oh, that's not right, neither. Yeah. No, I was older. I was... Well, do you remember how old you were when you got the job? I'd have been about 26, 27. Really? 26, 27, yeah. Because I had just got the stu- my first studio open up when I met your mother. Oh, okay. So anyway. So you went to the bank. So I went to the bank. Yeah, they gave me this money. The banker looked at me and says, sounds like a fine idea. Because I did have an idea. Um, I was going to try something very different that... No other studio in the valley had ever tried. Okay. I had a photographer who had a huge backing of people. And yeah. she believed that a lot of them would come with her where she went. So you and already had clients. That's she good. had a lot of clients, like 500 families contacts. You know, yeah. So anyway, um, we started up in the fall. I remember that before Christmas. And I had the banker had told me, he says, you know, People don't start businesses with this low amount of money. He says, you're really going out on a limb trying to put this together. But he says, with her and your other help, um, you know, people volunteering to help you, you might just pull it off. I don't know. Anyway, um, so with Chuck's help of going out and took me to in or- took me to Oregon to some camera shops, we bought some professional equipment. I had rented a space from a strip mall. And built some really cheap fake walls in there. It was crazy because <laughs> literally I used plywood and made a wall like a T, teeing up okay. down the center, se- separating this this um, space into three spaces. That sounds stable. Oh man, you push on the wall, it moved. It just wiggled all over the place. It was just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, where'd I come up with this idea? <laughs> okay. But it was cheap, <laughs> and. Um, the landlord didn't seem to have a problem with it. Okay. And Connie was in? Yeah. I had a storefront and she started making phone calls. And Was Connie like part owner or was she your employee? So she was an employee. Oh, okay. For about seven something an hour, we figured it. Wow. And all right. were, it was all groundbreaking, you know. Uh, she was taking pictures and I was, I uh, found a lab that I could send my film into. But what I did differently, when we started up, we started using 35 millimeter. 
And what really got it was I was taking the film to another a one-hour photo studio in Wenatchee, which had a portrait studio, by the way. I took it to his lab. He developed the film for me, and I brought four by six glossy pictures back, put them in a little book so people would see them literally the next day. They would see okay. the pictures. Then yeah. most of the time you go to say at that time you went to Sears get pictures. A week later you come back and see what they shot. Yeah, it wasn't digital type thing. And so then I showed them this stuff, and then I found out that portrait pictures, like uh, one of the number one houses of portraiture in the valley, was selling like an eight by ten for thirty five dollars. Hmm. This is in the eighties. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, and I found out I could get that same from the same lab he used. An eight by ten portrait picture bought uh, at wholesale for a dollar fifty-five. Wow! Okay, it's a lot of profit margin there. So what I do, I sold it for fifteen bucks <laughs> per eight by ten side. Yeah, just, un- just undercut the competitors. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, well, even they said that you know my what I was doing was for a different group of people, Sears buyers, you know, rather than the higher end portraiture type people. Yeah. And at the people time I was doing, be able to afford that. At the time I was no threat because I was strictly in a little tiny strip mall, a studio, yeah. and it was really weird. After our first season, we did over 250 families in the first Christmas, which just blew me away. I, mean, I was putting 100 hours in a week at work, wow. but it didn't feel like it because you just get up and you just you work the day, doing everything you don't need to do. I had a friend. So you who didn't worked, have a girlfriend then, did you? No. <laughs> Not the time, no. And, I think she would have complained. Yeah. But anyway, um, I had a yeah. friend who worked in the lab that I sent my film to. And he called me up and oh, said... Oh, an insider. He, yeah, he, he was the one producing the pictures for me. So he was trying to make stuff with no scratches and all that stuff. Trying to do his best job he could for me. Anyway, he would he really call me up and say, uh, you wouldn't guess who came down here and was looking at your negatives this morning, uh, would you? I said, who? He said... The owner of the business, the the portraiture owner, you know, the guy who runs the city. That um, he was like the top guy in our whole valley on uh, on uh, school contracts and portraiture and everything. He was, you know, you know he the was name? peeking at your your photos. He was coming down looking at my photos in my studio, and okay. he was a little perturbed that I was selling them for so cheap and using his lab yeah. to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And anyway, yeah, he said that I was doing something that nobody else had done, such as quick turnaround time for pictures. Now, get a, listen to this. I took a picture of uh, family portraits on December 23rd. No, 20, wow. 21st, 21. December 21, Christmas Oof. on the 24th. And I, I had their pictures back. They checked them out. I sent them into the lab, a uh, speed turnaround. And got pictures back. Um, no, I was within within I was within uh, six days of okay. Christmas, and I was on Christmas Eve able yeah, to produce, that's it close. produce pictures for the uh, Christmas presents. Yeah. And the lab that I was using, he stopped down. He shut down around December tenth. Done. Wow. Yeah. So that's I was producing weird. a lot of family pictures yeah. way after he was already done. That's so weird. And most most studios are like that. If you didn't have your Christmas pictures done by December fifth, December tenth, yeah. So if you're a procrastinator, you're just out of luck. Mm-hmm. And so, 
and that carried us a lot of a lot of sales into January and February too. So, but then with, with my photographer, she really wanted to expand her horizon. So we got into um, high school graduation pictures. Okay. And then we started getting into wedding pictures. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff went on out Wedding locations. photos are complicated. Oh, yes. Yeah. And and the most fun ones I pictured, uh, uh, settings I had was uh, high school graduates. They were fun. Yeah. I've got, That's um, like more relaxed atmosphere too. Yeah, you know, weddings some, are just stressful. We'll have to have a segment stating photography. What we call it? Um, funny stories. Funny stories. Misadventures. Yes, misadventures. Yes. Yeah. They had a lot of crazy stuff happen. So anyway, in the process of this um, portrait studio is during the time I met your mother. Okay. I had been. This is how you met my mother. Well, not how, but... Do you know, do you know that TV show? No, no I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember yeah, I watched see, some of that. You, that was crazy. Yeah, you know, you know the show. Yeah. Okay, anyway. so you're like a new business owner, and you just met her. Yeah. But like you had, you had known her before, though, because you were friends with her brother. No, I knew her brother. I did not know her. Well, you were around... I was around. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I went to his house once, and I think she yeah. was laying on the like couch. Like, you guys, you guys kind of crossed paths yes. a few times. Oh, yes. Anyway, um, in this process, uh, we had started dating probably after my first year of uh, studio work. Okay. And, uh, well, what did she think of your studio? Oh, she was excited. Here, I'm a businessman, you know. Now I'm trying to tell her, yes, I'm a businessman, but for the first couple of years, you don't know how long it's, how it's going to hold, come out. Right. And The um, first few years are crucial. Yeah. Yes. How long did you have the portrait studio? Just about five years total. Oh, really? The way you talk about it, I always thought it was more. Well, we had gotten pushed out of the space that we started in. Okay. When you're learning business, there's so many lessons to be learned that you don't see when you're first starting up. Like it would have been really crucial for me to have had at least a three-year lease rather than a month-to-month payout for my rent. Hmm. Because after the, uh, I think, second year, we were doing enough business that almost 50% of my expenses was lab work. Wow. In which that came out to well over 50 some thousand dollars a year. Because you were still hiring out for the lab work? Right, right. Yeah, you're paying somebody else to do it? I found some equipment that would allow me to produce my own professional pictures in a, a condensed lab setting, doing all from wallets up to lab by 14s in an open space room, real simple. Okay. And so I had gone back to the banker and asked for a lien against our house, got a big loan, yeah, and got like a $50,000 loan. Wow. and and put Just it to in, buy this equipment. Right. Wow. And I was convinced that while I was paying out $50,000 a year in just expense, this eliminated a lot. Plus, what it did was speed up my turnaround time. Uh. Now, I was able to produce color-accurate pictures. Okay. When you send in film to a lab and you send it in with someone who's got a shirt that's kind of like a, kind of a pink color. Okay. The lab 
sends you back pictures what they think the skin tone should be of that time of year. Hmm. But that drastically can change the color of the outfit that they are actually wearing. So when you're a professional photographer, you've got control of half of the process. You taking the pictures, which is exposure, lighting, and all that. But you got no control on the color end of it. So we were getting pictures back that literally you held it up to the, the clothing of the person who's wearing the clothing. And it's not the same color. And, but they got but they got nice tan. Who doesn't have a nice tan? Yeah, they're just guessing the skin tone. Exactly. That's Whereas so when, weird. When I'm producing my proofs, I mean, I got to where I was actually pitch, producing my own proofs too, not outsourcing. So I could have okay. day turnaround time for people to look at the picture, but I could look at the because it's fresh in my mind <laughs> what they actually look like. The yeah, yeah. So the coloring and the tonage, everything improved dramatically. Yeah, yeah. And I did a couple other unique sales tricks. When I first started out, I had these folders that I put their nice pictures in. Uh, They're just gray with a white interior. It's like a folder you, just, you put the picture in, and they give it out as gift like that. Gray with uh-huh. white. And gray, gray. Well, that really bleeds out the color of your picture. Just out of a curious thing that happened, the sales counter I had had a gray surface on the top. I started get buying folders that cost me more money that were black. Then I took my own salespeople, um, my own photographer primarily, and my helper um, who has helped me, and I put the two finished products exactly the same in both these folders and then opened up the folders and laid them on this gray counter. Then I tell them, I said, tell me what the difference is between these two pictures. They studied and studied the pictures, and they said, well, this one here just has a lot more depth color to it i don't know what you're doing but this picture is better better quality i said you think so okay and so, which one was that well it didn't matter right or left they always picked the one out of the dark folder i took them out yeah, of the yeah. folders i took them out of the folders laid the pictures on the gray surface and they yeah. saw me do it i said now tell me what's the difference between these pictures and they looked at it and i said they look exactly the same the yeah. difference is the reflectivity of the light from the white folder to the black folder on that picture. And so I raised my prices up almost 30%. Because of the folders. Yeah, I raised it up way up. A profit margin went way up. And I had customers come in and say, boy, your price has sure gone up. I said, well, we made some improvements in our printing. And when they had the picture, I showed them the black folder. They go, wow, these do look so much better than what you had before. <laughs> they did not notice the black folder at all. They looked yeah. at the pictures. The picture well, why would richer. you? Yeah. That's so weird. Yep. So did the $50,000 investment for new equipment really pay off, though? It did as far as our operation. It? Everything was going great. What it did to me, unfortunately, is my landlord saw me get this nice equipment put in there. Picture is mine. Uh, oh, he's making lots of profit now. No, I'm actually just invested everything I own into basically a negative factor. Then I'm paying yeah, almost yeah. all my money towards bills. And he comes in and doubles my rent. That's crazy. Because I was on month to month, it's like the next month he wanted me to pay him a double yeah. rent. And I tried to explain to him, wow. I don't have money. I said, I got the equipment to save me money to help pay off uh-huh. bills better. But we're just getting started. Yeah. So I really, I got more and debt. And now we're in debt. <laughs> I said, you're putting me out of business. And he said, that's not my problem. You got either to work this out wow. or you that's really short-sighted out. right 
So doesn't he realize like if you are forced out of business, he won't get any rent? Well, yeah, it's just what he did. He, I, I wow. stayed in there for three months, paying him just a little bit, you know, trying to keep the regular income coming. So in. what happened? Uh, we got forced out. I had to move out, and during that time, I was uh, scrambling to find a new place to put my business. In which I found a place on Wenatchee Avenue, a nice place for a studio. I invested in a lot of money in advertising. I had later an advertising, some more lessons. Later, an advertising agent guy was honest with me. He, he instead of salesman, he just honestly told me, he said, Perry, I'm telling you as a friend, you may not survive this move. I said, why? He says, any business that moves a location within the period of year, two years of your being here, uh, you need is a minimum my suggestion would be over twelve thousand dollars in advertising minimum just wow. just to get the word out because your your customers won't really hear it they won't sink in and they won't they'll be, they'll go to other places you'll just lose them in a, real quick and it's hard to pick hmm. up and regain well, i didn't have that kind of money well unless unless you're like moving from a really hidden location to something with high visibility yeah you know see where i was going then you at least have people on the street yeah, i didn't have a sign landlord didn't when i was moving to didn't have signage i had mm. a, a thing on the window yeah that doesn't that doesn't you help know, i had to spend big bucks for a sign that i got that i couldn't even afford to have electricity to have it put in so you didn't have any street no. windows no i was behind a tea shop yeah, I'd say it was where the studio was. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, it was. Uh, it just really didn't turn out good. And also that my original location, I had studio and lab all one spot. Now I had no labs location, so for yeah. a winter I had a lab in my garage in my house, which really didn't help with the family situation. And then we moved from there. I found a location, another location. So I was renting another spot in another strip mall to have my one-hour photo lab because uh, yeah i didn't tell you this but in the process of all this i picked up some real cheap equipment and not cheap just older equipment that was uh, basically given to me to develop my own film and produce one hour film it could produce one roll of film every hour whereas the modern equipment was coming out was like about five rolls an hour at the time okay so i was doing all lab work and then uh, I hired a person to help me with lab work because then we we're doing on location work where we went on location for portraiture. I was the setup man. I set up, took care of the film, the photography, the lights, the background lights, all that stuff. So when my photographer just had to really focus on taking the picture. And so we had a two man team of photography, which really, really worked really well. So you weren't the primary photographer. No, I was the. Okay. Background manager, you might say. Took care of the business, yeah. advertising, bills, all that stuff. Well, then, um, second or third year in, your mom, who became my wife during this time, uh, also became one of my main photographers because I needed more photographers. So uh, Connie and, and Chuck and myself all worked with your mom, and she became uh, like Connie, taking pictures. Okay. And your mom is she says she's really embarrassed and she gets yeah your mom actually has a shy personality but yeah she always talks about yeah, that I know. but she doesn't let people see it no but she does she hides it really and well the thing is when i put the spotlight on her in front of people 
she becomes this amazing person to work with when it comes to photography. I mean, she controls people, directs them, and yeah, she just like wow, really, really good. Yeah, people love. Yeah, her. I remember you. You guys would tell me that uh, she was the one. Like you handled the technical details, mm-hmm. like lighting, and she was the one who would position people, right. you know, and pose them and help them to relax and things like that. And as a lesson to all young fathers that might hear this, listen to your wife's wisdom. If I listen to my wife and her wisdom, I might still have been in business. I created my own problems so much of the time. Mismanaged money, trying to spend money on advertising things um, that didn't work. We did uh, mall shows. We did all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Have my own portraits set up on stands in a mall. That made me feel important. We felt really important when we did this. And your mom literally became kind of famous. People would recognize her. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. decades later, yeah. they still recognize you guys. Pictures, yeah. You know, in the middle of grocery stores, yeah. they'd be like, hey, you took my baby's photos. Yeah. Who's now a senior yeah. in high school. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Or in college. Yeah. So um, the studio whole thing kind of became kind of like my baby from ground up. And I think yeah. I was too possessive of it. I latched on it and fought against uh, all attacks against it. I had a unique, interesting thing happen to me. We allowed people to spend whatever money they wanted to on pictures. That's the kind of thing you'd expect to do, right? Well, Like, what do you mean? We had, I had my pictures set up for like high school students who would come in at graduation pictures. That they could take like an 8x10 for, let's say, $15. But you could also buy eight wallet pictures for the same price. So you bought okay. everything in units. And I had no limit. I had no package. You just custom made whatever you wanted. Well, okay. some a father came in. Well, he didn't come in. He came in, let his daughter come in with his credit card, apparently. And she bought like $800 worth of pictures. We're wow. talking about a stack of pictures that laid flat. About eight inches tall. What is she going to do with all those photos? I have no idea, but she bought a ton of pictures. Anyway, this father comes in, and he is just livid. He is so angry, and he's just railing me. Tell me how I should lock people into, and I should control it by locking people into packages. Setting them, you buy this package, or you have to buy this package. You can't just go crazy and buy whatever you want. No, that's not really your responsibility, is it? <laughs> no. Like, no, he's the father. No. He thought I would have a set package that his daughter would have to buy. I told uh, him, well, no, ours is open-ended. Yeah, he trusted his daughter yeah, too ours much. ours is open-ended. <laughs> your daughter had the freedom to buy whatever she wanted. She had your credit card. And, like. <laughs> and she was very happy to do so. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. You know, of course. And he was, it's not he her was money. so angry. And then he stormed mm. out of my store, and I thought, I was just so upset about mm. this. I walked out and came up behind him. I said, sir, sir, can I talk to you a minute? And he turned around. He was still angry. I put my hand out real quick. He you know, just got reaction. He put his hand out. I shook his hand. I said, I want to thank you. He said, what? I said, I want to thank you. I need real life feed how people to tell me what they feel about my service. Like feedback. feedback. Yeah. I told yeah, him, yeah. I said, customer feedback. Uh, customers are going I'm going to appreciate more limitations by me locking into smaller packages, limiting their freedom to buy whatever they want. 
I need to know that so I can help design my system better. I said, and your right. information is crucial. So I'm going to target um, areas where people will be more restricted, more limited, and not have uh, quite the freedom that I give them. Yeah, but maybe he should also to have a conversation with his daughter, uh, like not, not be my, blaming that's you. That's not my place. <laughs> but he looked at me well, no, and then started, I could but... see in his mind thinking, well, maybe I said the wrong thing. Now he's going to restrict it. What do you mean? Because now he just told me, when I was telling him, I might just start restricting customers and their ability to buy He's a customer. Yeah, yeah. He would like to have the flexibility to buy yeah. what he wants. And he, he just looked sure. at me real shocked. And he says, oh, well, you're welcome. You're welcome. I said, well, thank you so much. And I walked back. But at least I kind of diffused whatever situation. I was afraid he would go out and start bad-mouthing me and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I didn't. That's pretty cool. $800 from one customer. Yep. yep. <laughs> but out of that, we did come up with some custom packages, made a little easier for some people to choose because some people just really had a hard time choosing right i i know i prefer like when there's only three options to choose from <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> otherwise i just get overwhelmed you know like i don't know like what's normal what do people normally buy i know so of course you always come up with am i buying too little am the, i buying too much this is the most popular package you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, this is your budget package. Right. This is the popular package. This is the package for rich so, people. <laughs> in the process, prices went up again. Mm. Because when you right. put something in a package, you can't compare the prices of what each item is. Yeah. So what they normally would have bought maybe for $30 now costs 45 But you can't tell that because you're not buying it by the unit. Yeah. It's a lot harder to compare. Yeah, all the unit stuff was just extra sales. You buy this package, yeah. now you can buy a lower price unit price as add-ons. Yeah. So. <laughs> tricky, tricky. Tricky, tricky. Playing yep. mind games with the customers. Yeah. Some other things we had, since we did wedding pictures, we made big 16 by 20 canvases or even bigger ones. Right. And we hung them up in our studio as, as artwork, you know, and people gave us permission. Yeah. It's really sad when we had customers come in and say, uh, you might want to take that one down. I said, why? We just took the pictures of the people six months ago. She says, they're divorced already. Oh, wow. God. Yeah. Oh, my god. I mean, gosh. some divorce was even less than that. You know? And, Scary. Uh, like, beautiful pictures. And the customer's telling you, oh, you probably should take it down. I said, well, whatever. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your mother, she became an artist. Well, she is an artist, but she became a a working on pictures she got to where she could do artwork on pictures touch-ups what they call oh touch cool yeah eddie she got really good at uh, getting rid of glare off of glasses yeah i didn't know and, that yeah she's actually she's a good artist she is very creative yes yeah. she's very creative and and uh you uh a little side note you when you're first born born you're like a baby you know yep. six months or less whatever your mom because we were so strapped for money. She basically had you, and like a week later, she was back to work. Wow. She didn't really have any time off. Right. Yeah. And um, you were just the happiest baby in the world. We could have you around the studio all day long, and you were just always happy. And customers loved coming in and seeing you. And we could hold you in a hand. You just sit up in your hand. And kids would just stare at that baby, you're, and you're laughing again, and they would just smile and laugh again when we take pictures. A lot of the pictures, they're laughing, were laughing at you. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, they were so happy to see you were just a joyful uh, little bundle. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yep. 
Is that called like a child labor or something? <laughs> yeah, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> Making money off of me. <laughs> You're part of the family. Family yeah, yeah, affair. Family business. Family business. Family business. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Man, I really wish I could remember uh, the portrait studio. I have recorded on little VHC you know, video recordings of the makings of that business. You never um, showed me those. I know. They're in a, a box. I need to yeah. get them on you DVDs need to dig them out. and stuff. Yes. <laughs> they need to be uh, brought forward. Spring cleaning. Uh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing all that with me. Um, yeah. I think like most of that I'd never heard before or must have forgotten it. You know, we just never really sit down to intentionally talk about these things. Yeah. You know, I'd always That's get cool. it like just in little snippets, you know, as you think of it, you know, like, oh, did you know that we used to use you to make other children smile <laughs> for our photos? <laughs> like, well, yeah. I remember you telling you me that it? one a few times. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. anyways, um, yeah, for anybody who might be listening to this, um, a potential question, you could ask other people in your life that you want to get to know better or maybe some mentors or your own parents could be like, you know, how did you get into the work that you do, you know, or your favorite job you ever had? Like, how did you get there? And what did you learn from it? You know, sounds like you guys went through a lot of trial and error and learned along the way. Spur family communication, storytelling. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine being newlyweds and also trying to run a fairly new business together at the same time. Like, that must have been. And then having a baby in the meantime, what? like that's Not three, that. that's three huge things and your marriage still survived it. But my marriage started with two, two kids too. Yeah. So you were already a family. Family. Yes. You know, four people living together, you know, yeah. being a new dad. He'd never been a dad before. No challenges there at all. You're, <laughs> you're a new husband, a new dad, yeah, new business owner. And then you had another yep. baby. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's a lot of stress. <laughs> and somehow you guys survived it all. So yes, kudos. Congratulations. It's kind, of, it's kind of funny. When we heard stories of um, marriages falling apart after such a short period of time and some of the things they told us, we looked at each other and said, man, yeah. <laughs> we got- we're really too stubborn to go that route at all. Yeah, yeah. Like you had so you many opportunities st- that you could have called it yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the chat today. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.